Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas in July. Merry Christmas to the praise team. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's great. I hope we have Christmas cookies and watch Elf as soon as the service is over. So um, we still have our online Bible studies, and we have um, Mosaic is meeting in person on Tuesday nights. We're actually at the back 40 this Tuesday. Um, with masks on. It's going to be great. And Thursday worship is happening here in the sanctuary with masks on. Uh, and you don't want to miss it. It's awesome. Uh, we spread out really good on Thursdays. You love it. I think this bell is probably ringing in the microphone. Um, do you love the new sound? Let us know. Uh, and let us know who is worshiping with us on Facebook. Um, and if you're worshiping another way with us, if you're watching on the website, send us an email. We'd love to know who is worshiping with us. You can send your prayer concerns, um, all that type of thing that way. I wanted to let you know it's still Christmas in July. Pastor Sam is so excited about this. This uh, Thursday from 3 to 6, we will be out in the portico again, giving away some of these wonderful Christmas stockings. And what is in there is a shopping list where you can shop uh, for the Salvation Army. And it's awesome. You fill this stocking up and you bring it back on July 30th. The next, the following Thursday from 3 to 6, we'll be back there to collect them again. We have a Christmas tree out there. We might even sing you a Christmas carol when you come by. It's amazing. Uh, would you pray with us this morning? Loving God, we are so thankful that we are able to come and worship this morning. Uh, we pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, everybody. I hope that uh, very loud um, feedback noise just woke you up really good, even without coffee. But we are glad that you're here and joining us here at uh, Gatson First United Methodist Church. Can I go back to my other microphone now? Okay. Oh, apparently that's not working. But we're glad that you're here, and I want to uh, invite you into a time of prayer with us. Uh, we're going to pray for our, our needs and pray for the needs of our loved ones, pray for our nation and our community. And um, we're also going to pray over our offering because this would be the time that we would normally receive our offering in our worship service. And um, just because we're not here in the same uh, building together, we still need your support. So I want to invite you to give online, give by mail, give uh, however you can give and help us to continue these wonderful ministries that we do here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church. Will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we um, come to you now knowing how weary we get sometimes. We're, we're weary of uh, seeing this world be uh, turned upside down by all of the changes, by the by uh, just all of the things that we're having to do now. Um, so we're weary, and we want to lay our burden down today. We are distracted, and we want to focus now uh, just on you. Uh, we are hungry to do something to make a difference. So we want to give our, our lives, and we want to give our tithes and offerings, and we want to to give our service in a way that's meaningful for others. And we need your help, Lord. Uh, our leaders need your help. It's so easy to be an armchair quarterback and to, to complain about what our leaders are doing. But, but Lord, um, we need your grace right now to be poured on our community and our state and our, uh, our national leaders and our world leaders. We need your Holy Spirit wisdom and discernment all of us do and we ask all these prayers and we trust you in Jesus name Oh 
Okay. Oh. All right, we All right. We got we have it we have it good now okay all right well this is exciting you know there should be some excitement in worship don't you think and so we're excited that you're with us today thank you for worshiping with us and uh, again I want to invite you if you uh, would like to take advantage of other worship opportunities where you can be here in person this coming Tuesday night we'll have our mosaic worship service at 630 it will be at back 40 and we'll be we'll have enough room that everybody can spread out everybody have a mask on and we're going to have a special guest speaker uh, and singer this coming uh, Tuesday night we've got the whole place to ourselves so you're you're invited to come to that Thursday night worship is uh, a, a joy to be at and if you want to come on Thursday nights at 530 right here in the sanctuary it's about a 30-minute service um, you can spread out we have plenty of room to spread out everybody wears a mask and so there's not a big crowd and you can come and worship with us there or just uh, continue to worship online with us the reason that we're being cautious about this of course is we want everybody to be safe and we want everybody to also have a great worship experience uh, I want to um, I want to compliment all of our folks uh, for, for trying to make our worship experience better. We have added a camera. We're working on the sound. We're, we're trying to make it better and better. So uh, I hope that it's turning out that way for you, that it is better. So all month long, we have been focusing on our freedom in Christ. Our, our theme is Let Freedom Ring. And the first week... A couple weeks ago, we talked about freedom to lay our burdens down, to, to take off the heavy yoke that we've been carrying, and to find rest and to find um, freedom with our souls by taking on the yoke of Christ. I don't know about you, but sometimes that really sounds great, to be able to um, stop being so exhausted and worn out and weary and to find rest in Christ. So freedom to let go. Then last week we talked about the great good news that we have freedom to have a change of heart. Uh, we can open up and let the Holy Spirit soften up the ground of our hearts. It was the parable of the sower, remember? And to hear uh, the word and to experience the good seed of the word, good seed of the kingdom word into our lives, our hearts really can change. We don't need to be so cynical that we think that our hearts can't change. They can, because otherwise Jesus would not have invited us to come. He would not have said to us, he who has ears to hear, let him listen. If we couldn't really listen, if we couldn't really grow, um, it's freedom. Freedom to have a change of heart. And you know what I know about Americans is Americans love freedom, don't we? We do. We love freedom. 
I heard somebody say recently, though, that just because America can doesn't mean America should. All right, so remember that because it's going to be one of our uh, talking points today. Just because we can, just because we have that freedom doesn't mean that we should. And that's what the gospel story is about today from Matthew 13. We'll be looking at verses 24 through 30 and then at Jesus's explanation of the parable in verses 36 through 43, Matthew 13. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in a field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seeds in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn and then down in verse 36 Jesus explains the parable then he left the crowd and went into the house and his disciples approached him saying explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field he answered the one who sows the good seed is the son of man the field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom the weeds are the children of the evil one And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we told a story about uh, sowing seeds and about growing a crop. And I don't know about you, but the way that they did that in Jesus' day sounds really different and unusual to our modern ears we just don't plant our gardens that way Uh, you know the the sower in that uh, parable just went around just throwing seeds everywhere and it just some of it landed on the path and some of it landed on the rocky ground some of it landed on weedy ground and uh, we don't do that today we we plant our gardens in nice neat rows and we are very particular about where we put the seeds so this week jesus talks about growing stuff again and he says that the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of God is like a farmer who is sowing wheat into a field the farmer broadcasts the seed all over the place and sows the wheat and works all day long and at the end of the long day the farmer is exhausted but he's had a good day because he's done good work and he goes home are you with me so far but 
while the farmer is sleeping, while the farm workers are sleeping that night, an enemy comes along and the enemy sows weed seeds into the wheat field. I don't know exactly how that worked. I had to look this up because I didn't know what weeds we were talking about here. Apparently there was a weed called a bearded darnel, bearded, D-A-R-N-E-L. And a bearded darnel looks exactly like wheat when it's growing up with the wheat. And so while the, the tender shoots were coming up and the wheat was growing, the weeds were coming right on up with them and nobody knew the difference until the head started to develop on the stalks of wheat and that was the only way that they knew that someone had sabotaged their wheat field and by the time they realized it, well it was really too late because the root systems of the bearded darnel and the wheat had become intertwined. Okay, so back to freedom. Freedom says, I can pull the weeds. Wisdom asks the question, should I pull the weeds? Just because I American doesn't mean that I America should. So should we pull weeds? Well, the answer to that question is yes and no. Oh, I know, don't you just hate it when I say something like that? The answer is yes and no. And I'll explain. Yes, there is a time, yes, there is a time when we should exercise our freedom to pull weeds. I'll give you a couple of examples. It is a good and wise thing to pull the weeds of bitterness when we find them growing in our hearts. To pull the weeds of bitterness. I'll give you uh, a scripture now. Hebrews 12, 15 says this. Look carefully, lest any root of bitterness spring up causing trouble. Look carefully, because there might be a root of bitterness in your heart. Has that ever happened to you? You know, you know how that happens? It's happened to me before. Let's say somebody does something that really, really disappoints you or really, really hurts you, and you don't forgive them. You just... Uh, you just don't forgive them. You're not ready to forgive them. You hold on to that resentment. You hold on to that hurt. You hold on to that disappointment. And now all of a sudden, a root of bitterness starts to grow in your heart. And it takes hold of you. It, it, it causes you to become cynical about everything. And all of a sudden, you found your outlook on the whole world has just become negative. And all of a sudden you find that your fuse is about that long and, and you just, you're angry. You know, angry is almost your default setting. Uh, you can't take joy in little things like you used to because you're dwelling on hurt and you're dwelling on disappointment. And you hold on to that. It's almost like you get a little watering can and you're watering a poisonous weed in your heart. Get rid of bitterness. Ephesians 4.31 tells us that. It says, get rid of all bitterness. Weed it out. And then Ephesians 4.31 says, also get rid of rage. Get rid of anger and harsh words and slander and malicious behavior. What a poisonous garden that is inside of our hearts if we let it keep on growing. And we can weed it out with God's help. We can weed it out. 
one of the ways that we go about uh, weeding out bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander, one of the ways that we go about doing that is through uh, practicing good practices. It's like we're, we're letting the good seeds take over the bad seeds as we weed them out. Uh, this is called spiritual disciplines, and uh, there's a, a great book that I, I recommend for those who are trying to do some inner work and do some weeding. It's called uh, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. It's kind of the classic book about spiritual disciplines. Um, he talks about in this book inward disciplines and outward disciplines and corporate disciplines, but Today, I'll just focus a little bit on the inward, a couple of the inward disciplines, because we're talking about these inner weeds, these bitter weeds in our hearts. Um, one of the inward disciplines that we can practice that will help us to weed out things like bitterness is the discipline of study, a discipline of study. Here's what Richard Foster writes in his book. He says, the purpose of spiritual disciplines is the total transformation of a person. Spiritual disciplines aim at replacing old destructive habits of thought with new life-giving habits. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. If you want your whole life to be transformed, then renew your mind. Pull the bitter weeds out. And study is the one of the ways that we renew our mind and thereby transform our whole lives. Or how about practicing the discipline of simplicity in order to weed out the root of materialism? Because we know from 1 Timothy 6.10 that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root. You see what I'm talking again about weeding out? The root of all kinds of evil. How many evil things in our world are done because of the love of money? We don't want those roots in our hearts. That we? we don't want that poisonous garden growing in our hearts. Because if we dwell on that, we become bitter hearted. And in fact, in general, if we dwell on what we don't have, then our hearts become bitter. If instead we dwell on the blessings that we do have, then our hearts can become thankful. So should we weed? The answer is yes. It is yes when we come to uh, bitterness and anger and harsh words and slander and materialism and the love of money. And, okay, all of those weeds in our heart, yes, weed away, right? Through study and prayer and simplicity. All right, now here's the no part of the answer. Should we weed? No. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. It is time to refrain from weeding when our efforts of weeding turn to my judging someone else as a weed and trying to weed them out. Let me repeat that because we should not, our efforts to weed should not be done when we, from a position of superiority, uh, judge somebody else to be a weed and try to weed them out. Now remember, this parable that we have today 
is about knowing when being wise enough to know when we use our freedom to weed and when it's unwise to do so. The workers wanted to pull up the weeds in this parable today. They wanted to pull up the weeds that had been sown among the wheat. But the farmer said, no, don't do that. Because if you pull the weeds up, you're also going to uproot the wheat. Instead, let them grow up together. Let them grow up together and then at harvest time, the good wheat can be separated from the weed. Say no to weeding but when it turns you into a judge. Because you know what? We don't have any business judging somebody else from a, uh, from a position of our self-importance. And the reason that we don't have, a couple of reasons that we don't have any business judging is um, we can't see clearly to judge. We literally can't see well enough to judge somebody else. Do you remember in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, Why do you look at that speck in your neighbor's eye? but don't consider the log in your own eye. But that's what we do when we say, well, you know what, we'll just get rid of, we're just gonna weed out everybody that, that looks like a weed to us and doesn't look like wheat to us. We're just gonna weed all of them out, which pretty much turns into getting rid of everybody that doesn't think like me, right? Getting rid of everybody that doesn't look like me, getting rid of everyone who speaks a different language or who is different. The extreme of this, the extreme of from a position of self-importance weeding out other people can be found when we look at what Hitler tried to do in Nazi Germany. He tried to weed out the, the Jews, but it wasn't just the, the Jews that Hitler tried to weed out. He, he wanted to also get rid of people with mental and, and physical disabilities. He wanted to get rid of the, the gypsies. He wanted to get rid of homosexuals. He wanted to get rid of anyone that he thought was of an inferior race, including many people of Polish and Slavic descent. Oh, and he also wanted to get rid of who he called asocial people. That would be anybody who was unemployed or homeless or alcoholic or drug addict. He even sent Jehovah's Witnesses to concentration camps. Did you know that? It was all about who Hitler thought was weeds, and he wanted to get rid of them all because he thought he was better. He thought he had a superior race. And you say, well, you know, that's Adolf Hitler. Uh, that's Nazi Germany. We would never do anything like that. You know what? We have a long history of doing exactly that, don't we? If we're honest, and we might as well be honest, we have a long history of trying to weed out other people that don't look like us. Um, I grew up in a town called Cherokee, Alabama. Now, I'm not talking about Cherokee County, which is near where we are now, but um, I'm talking about Cherokee and Calder County up in the very northwest part of the state. My hometown, Cherokee, Alabama, was named after, guess what? The Cherokee Indians, right? You know what the, the mascot for my high school football team was? We were the Cherokee Indians, of course. And the Cherokee Indians were one of the native tribes um, that 
in the 1830s were forced to leave their homes and to walk to Oklahoma. They were, they were, it was called the Indian Removal Act of 1830. And, and, and basically the U.S. government wanted to weed the Native Americans out of this land so that the white settlers could have it. And so they were asked, they were rounded up by U.S. troops and some of them did not want to leave. Many of them did not want to leave their homes. I don't blame them. I would not want to have left my home and to walk to Oklahoma. And those that didn't leave voluntarily were forcibly rounded up, were put in temporary holding camps. One of the temporary holding camps, by the way, was in Cherokee County, if you want to check out that history. But they were forced, men, women, and children, out of their homes, many of them with just the clothes on their backs, and they were forced to walk to Oklahoma, many of them dying along the way from exposure and from disease and from starvation. So this 2,200-mile-long this march is known as the Trail of Tears, and you know what? It goes right by my hometown. This is what happens when people think that they are superior, when people think that they have the right to judge other people and to weed them out. That's what happens. And I could give more contemporary examples. You know that. I mean, here we stand in the American South. We can talk about Jim Crow laws. We can talk about all of these things, which are all examples of people from a position of, of self-imposed superiority try to weed out people that don't look like them. My point is, we're not qualified to do that. You know what? We're not qualified to do it. It is not within us to do that because we can't see clearly to do that we can't judge somebody else we can't really know what to separate the good from the bad we can't even do that in our own lives it takes the help of the Lord Jesus to do that in our own lives taking that log out of our own eye is hard there's an old saying that I like. It goes like this. There's so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us that it hardly behooves any of us to talk about the rest of us. So we're not qualified. Um, another reason that we need to refrain from weeding other people out is because that job has already been taken. Yep. The, judge, uh, the job of the final judgment has already been taken and it's taken by Jesus. Jesus is the only righteous judge and it's Jesus who will judge at the final harvest about who is wheat and who is weed. And that, you know, that would be a really bad negative way to end this message if it weren't for grace. You know, if anyone else were the judge of our souls, then we really would lose all hope. But I want you to know that when all is said and done, our lives, our, our souls, our very existence 
is in the hands that are scarred out of love for us. The job of judge is taken and it's not ours. So the question again, are we free to pull weeds? Well, yes and no. Yes, absolutely. If we are partnering with the Holy Spirit to weed out the bitterness and the greed in our own hearts, absolutely. And absolutely not if we are in a position of judging other people and calling them weeds. So my prayer is that God will grant us the wisdom to know the difference between what we can do and what we should do. Let us pray. Lord, we do need that wisdom. We do need discernment because uh, many times it's hard for us to see the things in our own lives that need to be weeded out. It's so much easier to look out in judgment on other people and to count them as weeds. And, and so, Lord, help us to remember that we've got no business doing that. We've got no business doing that. We, we can't really say, uh, hey, let me pull that speck out of your eye because we've got a log in our own. Help us to trust you, Lord, because in the final judgment, in the final harvest, it is your nail-scarred hands that will separate. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your invitation. In Jesus' name.
Now, as you go into a brand new week, take the powerful name of Jesus with you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.